you can open your Bibles to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We are doing a multiple part series on the armor of God. And last week we did part one, and if you missed it, like he said in the announcements, you can go on the church website and get it. To get the most out of what we're saying today, you would, you would need to have heard that or go back and listen to it. And of course, it's free on the website. The armor of God. We noted that the weaponry of God has given us to where is not carnal. It means it's not natural. It's spiritual. And uh, remember the Apostle Paul likened it to the armor of a Roman soldier. The armor of a Roman soldier. And uh, we said last week that the church is God's occupying force here on the earth. Enforcing the battle that Jesus has already won. And so we went through all of that last week, so I'll not take the time to go through all that again. Because a lot of times people will ask, you know, well, why, if Jesus won the battle, why do we need to have this armor anyway? And uh, it's because we're an occupying force. We're here to occupy as soldiers of the Lord here on the earth, enforcing the victory that He has already won. Now, in Ephesians 6. Verses 10 through 18. Let's read these verses. This is what we're using as a text. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Notice, put on something that we have to do as Christians. It's not on us automatically. We have to put it on. We told you how to do that. Last week, remember how to put on the armor of God? It's, it's by understanding each piece of armory and walking in the knowledge and the revelation of that piece. That's how you put on the armor of God. And we went over that with you last week. And why do we need to put on the whole armor of God? Verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we told you what that was last week. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And we talked about that last week. We noted that the devil's kingdom is organized. And that's one reason that he is victorious a lot of times over Christians is that he's organized and so many Christians unfortunately aren't organized in their life and so forth. But then here in verse 13, he says, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. We're in an evil day. There's no question about that. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith with, by which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, as I brought out last week... Uh, Probably most Christians that I've met over the last 30 plus years, you know, we talk about, does a Christian have their armor on? 
this armor of God. It's God's armor that he's provided for us. Does a Christian have their armor on? Well, if you, most Christians I've met can't list those seven pieces of armory. Well, there's six actually there but that's mentioned, but there's a seventh one we'll talk about as we go. But most Christians that I've met, and I'm not saying this to put anybody down, but most Christians that I've met, and probably most Christians in this room right now as we speak, couldn't list the six there by heart. Couldn't even list them. Much less understand what they are. Now, you're capable of understanding. It's a matter of being diligent to get in and study the Word and find out what the Word says and so forth. But most Christians can't list those. And if you can't list them, you sure enough don't have them on. Would you agree with me on that? And then we wonder why Christians are defeated in their lives. We wonder why the devil runs roughshod over Christians. We wonder about that. Why is that? Well, it's because, at least this is one answer to it, for the most part, Christians don't have their armor on. Christians don't have their armor on. And if you don't have your armor on, you're not going to be able, and it's God's armor that, that we put on. If you don't have that on, you're not going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Is that right? Did we just read that? And so we wonder why are Christians defeated so often? It's because they don't have their armor on, the armor that God's provided. If you can't list the pieces, I know for sure you don't have your armor on. You, you can't have them on if you don't even know what, what they are. You agree with that? I mean, so you got to find out about these pieces. How do you put on the armor? You find out what the armor is and walk in the revelation of of what is the loin belt of truth, what is the breastplate of righteousness, and so forth, you see. And that's why the Holy Spirit has me teaching on this, not to put you down, but to, to inform you and instruct you so that you can have your armor on. Now, of course, we have a picture this week. I, I think we're going to have the picture of the Roman soldier I think we have that available. I'm going to see if if we can get that picture up there. Do we have that picture? There it is. Now, notice that Roman soldier. And uh, this is a typical picture of a typical Roman soldier. And, of course, uh, and I didn't bring my little laser pointer that I have, but so you could just look up there. But notice you see around his waist, see around that guy's waist, that that red and, and yellow or gold belt. See that? And then you see as it proceeds down, you're going to need to realize this. And just in back of that shield, you see that red and gold that goes around his waist and then, it, and then it, it drapes down in front of him. You see that? Now that's called, the it's called a loin belt. It's a loin belt. And uh, the Apostle Paul, see he likened the armory of God that the Christian is supposed to wear to the armory that a Roman soldier wore. And so that loin belt there, you see, is called, Paul called it the loin belt of truth, all right? And then notice on that, that soldier's across his chest, you see that, that, it, that, that, that silver, you see that? It covers his chest. It actually, it, went, it, it sat over, it, to put it on, it went over your head. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just a cover for your front, but it also covered your back, but that's called uh, the breastplate. And uh, Paul called it, in the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. 
And then those shoes, look down at his feet. You see his shoes? We'll talk about those as we go. Won't get to it today, but those shoes, you see, Paul called those the shoes of the gospel of peace. And there were more to those shoes than really meets the eye. We won't get to it today, but one of the future sessions. We might be on this for about eight weeks. Is that all right if we take our time with this? We'll just go slow. And then, and then actually an extension of those shoes, if you see up, up his shins, see much like a catcher in baseball would wear, you see that his shins from his ankles up, those were called greaves. And technically they were, they were kind of a part of the shoes and they, per, they protected his shins all the way up to his kneecaps. You see that? That silver that goes up on either side of his legs, you see that? And then, of course, the helmet of salvation. You see that helmet on his head. Paul called that the helmet of salvation. And then you see that sword in his right hand. That's called, uh, Paul called that the sword of the spirit. And then, and we'll just keep that picture up there. Uh, and, and I don't want to miss that shield. You see that real pretty shield? Isn't that real pretty? The shield of faith. See the shield of faith? It's really cool, isn't it? So that's how a Roman soldier typically, they, they, and you look at pictures of Roman soldiers, there were variations of, of their you know, size of the shields and all of that. But, but that's a typical picture of a Roman soldier. And again, just for review, you have the loin belt of truth. Okay, we talked about that. The breastplate of righteousness, we talked about that. The shoes, we talked about that. The shield of faith, there it is. The sh- Paul called that the shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The sword in his right hand, that's the sword of the what? Of the spirit, okay? And then that, how many is that now? That's six pieces, right? The loin belt of truth was one. The breastplate of righteousness was two. The shield of, I'm sorry, the shoes of peace was what? Three. The shield of faith was four. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, six. And then there's a seventh piece that's not shown there, but typically soldiers uh, had what was known as a lance, L-A-N-C-E, a lance or a spear that he would, that he would throw and so forth. And, uh, and, and it's not shown in this picture, but most soldiers, all, all Roman soldiers had one. It was part of their weaponry. Even though Paul doesn't list it in Ephesians 6 uh, as a lance, yet you see he talks about different kinds of prayer. Or he talks about what? It, well, he talked about in. Uh, if you look at verse, you don't just leave the picture up there, please. He's, he talked about praying always with all prayer and supplication, and actually the lance is symbolic of the prayer. And as you study into the Roman soldiers, their lances were different. They had different kinds of lances, and you know from the Word of God, there's different kinds of prayer. So we'll talk about that in a future session, but. Uh, Nonetheless, there you have the armory, Roman soldier, Paul, he was around a lot of Roman soldiers, he was in prison quite a bit, and so God gave him initially the revelation in 1 Thessalonians, but then later he had the full revelation by the time he wrote the book of Ephesians, some 10 years after Thessalonians, and we have the armor of the Roman soldier, and he likened that, the armor of God, to the Roman soldier. Let's go over it one more time. We've got the loin belt of what? 
And that's around his waist. And then it went down and protected the front of him as well. And then we have the breastplate of, okay. And then we have the shoes of peace. And then we have the shield of faith. And we have the helmet of, we have the sword of the, you see that? And then there's a lance. And that lance, even though you don't see it up there, we'll have a picture in the, in the future. I'll have Diane get a picture where they of a soldier with the lance. And that lance was symbolic of what did we say? Prayer. Okay? So, so do, you, do you think you have that? Uh, repetition's a seed of learning. The loin belt of what? The rep, uh, breastplate of? The shoes of? The shield of? Helmet of? Sword of the? And the lance, which is not pictured up there, is, uh, is prayer, isn't it? Now... While that picture is up there, I want to just uh, say this to you. The loin belt of truth. Now, that's the one we're going to talk about today. So we're going to just spend the rest of this session on the loin belt of truth. Okay? The loin belt of truth. You see the belt up there? It goes around his waist. What color is it? Red and gold. And it, it went around his waist and it went down it protected his, his private area, okay? Might as well just say it. It protected his private area, all right? You need to have your private area protected, okay? It's just the truth, all right? So the private area. Now, and that's, that's important that you see that because I'm going to make a statement about that in a moment. Let me just read from my notes here. The loin belt on the Roman soldier was the least impressive, the least attractive, and the least noticeable piece of armor. Now, when you look up there, what is your eye drawn to first? I think mine goes to that shield of faith first, wouldn't you say? And then where does your eyes go after that? Probably that sword, that sword. Where does it go next? Some goes to the helmet, some to the breastplate. Uh, not too many would go to the shoes probably. But few people would probably point out that belt. My eyes don't go to the belt first. Do yours? But as you study into this, that loin belt on a Roman soldier was, was the least impressive. Those shoes are really impressive. You might say, well, those shoes don't look too impressive. But if you saw them in real life, they had like nails in them. And, and or what we would call nails or spikes. And they were really, they, they were for holding your ground and they were for kicking people in the head. Remember, where the, you see, see, you hear people go, ooh, ooh, and I don't blame you for it. Go, ooh, ooh. But remember he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember I talked to you about the wrestling in the Roman world and the boxing. It was brutal. Not like what you see on television. Even boxing. Now, wrestling's fake on television. Boxing is real as far as I can tell. But, but let me tell you, the wrestling and the boxing in the Roman world was for real. And it was a fight to the death. And they would go in there and they would, when, when you wrestled or when you, when you boxed, you wouldn't put boxing gloves on. You'd put gloves on with spikes. And have you ever seen a hunting knife with those serrated edges? That's the kind of stuff these guys would fight with. It was to the death. It wasn't just to, you know, one, two, three. 
you know, with the referee. There was no referees, really. There was really no rules. It was a fight to the death. And so those shoes that he had on there, um, those shoes were meant to kill people. That's what, that's what those shoes... So you can't really see so much there. We'll, we'll try to get you a better picture of the shoes when we talk about the shoes. But, uh, but, but nonetheless, that, that loin belt was the least impressive, least attractive, least noticeable piece of armor. It looked the most boring. But, 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 listen, but it was the central piece that held all the other pieces of armor together. If you were to go through and look at, really look at how that soldier was dressed, you would see that that loin belt was the key, it was the key piece to that whole ensemble that he has on right there, that loin belt. If you took that loin belt off, things would start falling off of him and falling, falling to the ground. He could not function with that, without that loin belt on. Without that piece of weaponry, all the others will not work. All the others will fall off or fall apart. It's interesting that that belt that he had on, there was a place on that belt because that shield was pretty heavy and he'd get tired of holding it all the time. There was a place actually on that belt where he could kind of hook his shield. There was a place on that belt, you can see it, where he put his sword And that breastplate that he has on there would not stay stationary. It would would keep moving to the side and he'd be unprotected if that belt wasn't there to hold it in place. So even though that belt was the least attractive and the least noticeable and all of that, frankly, it was the most important part of his armor because without that belt none of the none of the rest of it would would work well. Do you understand that? Do you or don't you? So having said that and, and Ed we're going to skip a scripture. Let's just go to uh John 17:17. 17, 17. You're going to ask me what is God's loin belt of truth then? And John 17, 17 will tell us that. By the way, our computer's working real good again. Isn't that wonderful? What is the loin belt of truth? Now, we saw what it looked like on the Roman soldier. But the one that we wear, remember, our weapons, you, you, you can't... There's only one weapon that you can see. We're, we're talking about it right now. The other weapons of our... Warfare you can't see, but this one you can. What is our loin belt of truth? Jesus said, sanctify them, talking to God the Father. He said, sanctify them by your truth. And then what does he say? Your, Your word is what? Your word is truth. Now, take your Bibles... If you don't have your Bible, how many of you use your phone? Take your phone. If your Bible's on your phone or your laptop, 
something? Do you have? Do you have it now? I'm, I'm not looking at anybody, and keep looking forward. But somewhere, hopefully at home or somewhere, you got a Bible, whether it's on your phone or it's on your laptop or it's on your dresser. Or, you all have Bibles, don't you? In some form, maybe it's on your computer. But the written word of God. The written word of God is the loin belt of truth. You need to know that. Now, when I say that, well, well, let me say this. This is such a good statement. You need to remember this. Remember when we were looking at that Roman soldier up there? You could see all those parts, couldn't you? Those different pieces of weaponry. With a Christian, there's seven pieces of weaponry. We just went through and we listed them, correct? There's only one of the seven that you can see with your eyes. Only one. And it's the written word of God. It's the, listen to this. Right, Get this. The Bible is the only piece of weaponry that has passed from the spiritual realm into the natural realm for us to physically hold and handle. All the other seven pieces you can't, you can't see. I'm sorry, the other six pieces. How many pieces are there total? Seven. How many of those seven can you see? One. So there's six pieces that you can't see. How many pieces can you see? One. Which is it? The loin belt of truth, which is the which is the Bible, right? Did you, you getting that? Did you get that? How many pieces of weaponry are there? There's seven. Of those seven, how many can we see? How many can we handle? One. What is it? The loin belt of which is the which is the bible right it's the only piece of weaponry that has passed from the spirit realm see this book right here is a supernatural book authored by god written by men but those men wrote as they were inspired by god is that right and so this this is this book right here is still the number one bestseller this book right here is god's book genesis to revelation and it's truth and it's the only piece of weaponry that has passed from the spirit supernatural book here it's passed from the spirit realm God spoke it in the spirit he spoke it and it came from the spirit realm into the natural realm and here it is the B-I-B-L-E the word of God is the loin belt of truth. Now, you might say, you might say, wait a minute here, pastor. You might say, hold on just a second. You might say the last part of Ephesians 6.17. Can we put Ephesians 6.17 up there? We, we just had it up a moment ago. But the last part, I'm going slow here. I want you to get this. The last part... And there it is. He has it up there. Look at the last part of that. 
And the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? And you say, wait a minute. Now, just leave that up there, please. You might say, wait, Pastor, you said the loin belt of truth is the word of God. But that says the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. How can that be? Well, it's very simple. Listen to me. The sword of the Spirit, now let me put it this way. Let's leave that there. What I'm holding in my hand here is the written Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is not the written Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the spoken Word of God. Now you need to understand that. Now, now think about this. The loin belt of truth is the what? The written word of God. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. Now, would you agree with me? Do you know how I said just a moment ago, and the, sim- the symbolism here is just tremendous. Didn't I tell you just a moment ago that the loin belt of truth was very important? Didn't I tell you that without the loin belt of truth, the other pieces wouldn't work? Didn't I tell you that? And it's so obvious and evident here. Without the loin belt of truth, he doesn't have any place to hang his sword. Would you agree with me that the spoken word of God hinges on the written word. You can't have a spoken word if you don't have the written word. You okay? Isn't that good? See, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. The devil is not too afraid of this written book here. But when this written Word, which is the loin belt of truth, gets down inside your spirit and then it comes out of your mouth in faith, that is when the devil gets nervous. Did you get that? Yes or no? See, the devil doesn't matter. He don't care. It doesn't matter to him if you have 10,000 Bibles sitting in your house. That doesn't scare him. But if you picked one of them up and started reading it and getting it down in your heart, start speaking it out of your mouth and start acting on it and doing it, now the devil is going to start fighting you tooth and nail. Did you get that? So the loin belt of truth is the what? The, is the what? Come on, we're going to go slow. The loin belt of truth is the written word of God. Did you get that? The loin belt of truth is the written word of God. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. Can you see how the sword hangs on the belt just like the, 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 you can't have the spoken without the written? Did you get that? Did I make that clear? Did you get that? All right. Very important that you get that. And it's interesting as you 
think about this. Without the written word of God, we don't really have a revelation of the righteousness of God, do we? Do we? If we don't have the written word of God, we, 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 can't, we can't find out that we're the righteousness of God in Christ, can we? Do you see how the, right, the, belt, the breastplate of righteousness hinges on the written word? The, without the written word, how are the shoes going to work? Where we go and tell people the good news of Jesus. We can't even find out the good news of Jesus without the written word of God. The shield of faith isn't going to work without the written word of God because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The helmet of salvation and, and, and it's a helmet of soundness. We, we don't know anything about salvation apart from the written word of God, do we? The sword of the spirit, we already told you, that's the what? The spoken word of God. And the lance of prayer if you don't pray the word, you're supposed to pray the word. Pray the Bible. Pray the word. If you don't pray the word, you're not going to be praying effectively. Do you see how we need the written word of God for all those other pieces of armory to work? See that? Yes or no? Now, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 23, the Apostle Paul wrote here to this young man named Timothy and he instructed, his con- he, he instructed Timothy to instruct his... In other words, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Timothy, tell this to your church. So Paul is telling Timothy something to instruct his church. And remember, the congregation that Timothy had was the church at Ephesus, right? And that's where we read concerning earlier this armory, this revelation of this armory is given. Remember we told you last week when Paul said finally, remember that word finally, we talked about that, and he said, he, he, he said finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Remember that word finally means if you forget everything else that I said to you in the book of Ephesians, remember this, and then he started talking about this armory. How many remembers us talking about that? So you've got to get a revelation of this armory. But notice what Paul tells Timothy here in 2 Timothy 2. Verse 23, he says, Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. The servant of the Lord must not strive or quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance. Now watch this. So that they may know the what? And the truth is the written word of God, that they may know the truth. Now watch this. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Just think about that. And it goes right along with what we've been saying. We need the armory to stand against the wiles of the devil. And right here, he says about the loin belt of truth, he says in verse 25, so that they may know the truth, See, God wants you to know the truth. Why? So that you can escape the snare of the devil. So that you're not taken captive by him to do his will. 
Have you ever seen Christians struggling with areas of sin and things? It looks like they're just just a puppet for the devil. Have you ever seen that? I've seen that over the years where it seems like Christians are just, you know, they're just acting so worldly. And, and they're, have you ever seen a Christian lie or heard a Christian lie? I've heard, actually, I've heard more lies from the mouths and the lips of Christians than I've heard from the lips of the heathen. You know the heathen, people without the Lord, don't know the Lord? If you were going to have somebody build your house, would you rather have a Christian that was unscrupulous? Or would you rather have a heathen that was honest build your house? I had, a, I, I had, a, I had some Christians that I knew of when it was come time to build my house. I had some Christians that I knew of that I could have asked them to build my house. But I chose a man, and I told him about the Lord, but if he knows the Lord as his Savior, I don't know it. But the man that I let build my house, if he was a Christian, I don't know it, but that man was honest. I had a contract with him, but I didn't need one because that man did everything he said he would do. Sad to say, I, few Christians have I met over the years that they do what they say they're going to do. Isn't that sad? Isn't that, that's tragic, isn't it? But the man that I let build my house is a good man. If he's saved, I don't know it. But I'm going to tell you what, he was honest, wasn't he? And I had a contract with him and didn't need one. Why? Because he was honest. If he said he was going to be somewhere, at a certain time he was there. And if he was running late, guess what he did? He'd call and say, I'm running a few minutes late. He did exactly, exactly what he said he would do. And, and sad to say, now, I'm not trying to bash Christians because I am one, but I've met a lot of Christians. You could have a contract with them, and that's even meaningless. Isn't that sad? How many of you would agree with Christians we ought to be more honest than the world? Is that right? Why does God want you to know the truth? so that you can escape the snare of the devil and you won't be taken captive by him to do his will. Now, there are a lot of good Christians out there that tell the truth. And there's probably a lot of good builders out there that are Christians that tell the truth. I'm not, I'm just saying the preponderance of them, most of them. It's sad. Just listen to this. I'm not going to turn to these scriptures. They're in Psalm 119. You don't, I, don't, I haven't given them to the projectionist, but just want to read them for the sake of time. Psalm 119 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see the importance of this word right here? The Bible says in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my Feet and a light to my path. It goes on to say in Psalm 119, the entrance of God's word gives what? Gives light. This word is important, isn't it? How many of you know this word right here is the truth, the whole truth and... Don't you wish that we had people in this society that it was the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Look at John 8.31. Let's just read 
a few verses here. John 8, 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, he said, if you abide in my word, and he said, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... Boy, this loin belt is real important, isn't it? Truth will make you free. Look at Matthew 7, verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus again speaking. And he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, these say, would you agree these sayings of his is the word of God? He said, whoever hears the word of God, these sayings of mine does them, I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house. It did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. It was founded on the truth. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, floods came, winds blew, beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see how important the Word of God is. You know... When we first moved into this building some 20 years ago, give or take, there was a, that door, that front, those front two doors out there, those, those handles, there was a problem with the lock. Well, the handles were fine, but the latches weren't locking. And so if you ever shut a door, you thought it was shut, but it didn't click. How many's ever had that besides me? And so, it, you know, it's locked, but it didn't click, so it's of no, it's of no value. You understand what I'm saying? And so those doors out there... When we first moved in, you know, I, I, I jiggled the door and it, it didn't, you know, it was locked, but it didn't click. So guess what? It just popped back open. So it was going to be a few days before the guy could get here to fix it. And so I didn't want that door or somebody could just come in. So I went to the hardware store and I got a big chain, a big old lock. It's still back there in my office. And so I wrapped the chain around both those handles out there and I put that, that big lock on it. So you couldn't pull the doors open. Pretty smart, huh? So, Pastor Terry, why are, you why, are you, why are you telling us about that chain? Because I want to tell you the reason why over now it's been 20 some odd years that I haven't ever had to go put that chain on those door handles out there and close this church down. You want to know why that is? You want to know why I've never had to tick? Because I still got that chain. I should have brought it out here to show you. I still got that chain. It's right back in my office. A big old chain with a big old lock. You know why I've never had to take that chain out to that, 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 that door and, and lock it? You know why? You see, some churches are built on praise and worship. Thank God for praise and worship. But this church isn't built on praise and worship. Thank God for it. Some churches are built around prayer. Thank God for prayer. We pray, we believe in prayer, but this church is not built on prayer. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We've had the gifts of the Spirit in manifestation around here Many times over the years, hundreds of people healed by the power of God. But this church is not built on the gifts of the Spirit. 
Some churches are built on children's programs. Thank God for children's programs. We've got a great children's program. But the church isn't built. This church is not built on children's programs. Some churches are built on social gatherings and on donuts and on cake and coffee. Thank God for donuts and cake and coffee and Krispy Kreme. And we have those things around here. But this church isn't built on donuts. The reason I have never had to take that chain back there and go chain that door shut, those doors shut, you know why? Because I have from the very first service to this service that we're in right now, I have built this church on God's Word. This book right here. And I have had multitudes of people walk away from me because I would not leave this book. And I'm not going to. You understand? And you know, it's interesting. Let me read from my notes. Most Christians only get the Word of God on Sundays. Isn't that sad? Do you hear what I just said? Most Christians only get the Word of God on when? Now, it's good to get it on Sundays, but if that's the only day you're getting it, how many of you would hold still for it if I said the only time you're going to get to eat anything is on Sunday morning? Huh? I mean, I mean, if I said the only time you're going to eat during the week is Sunday morning, I'm talking physical food now. Only time you get to eat is Sunday morning. That's it. I mean, we're going to have a riot in here, aren't we? We're going to have people fighting and kicking and going on. If I said the only, uh, you thought I was serious and I, you thought I could enforce it, the only time you're going to eat Sunday morning. You're not going to hold still for that, are you? And then let's go, let's go you one better. Suppose I told you that the only time you were going to get to eat was on Sunday mornings, but only four Sundays out of ten. Now things are really going to get worse, aren't they? You're gonna, is anybody going to be upset with that? I mean, did you hear what I just said? You only get to eat on Sunday morning. I'm talking about food, physical food that you eat. Sunday morning, and you only get to eat four out of ten Sundays. Are you going to hold still for that? Yes or no? I mean, you're going you're gonna to be... You're not going to hold still for that. But yet... But yet... Do you think this book's pretty important? I think it's pretty important. Listen to me. Most Christians only get the word of God. Jesus said, you'll not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Is that right? Most Christians only eat spiritually on Sunday mornings and most only go to church four out of ten Sundays. And then you wonder why Christians are in the shape that they're in a lot of time. Is that sobering? See, this book is likened to food. It's also, or food is likened to this book. It's also likened to water. What if I told you the only time you can bathe is on Sunday mornings? And you only get to bathe four out of ten Four out of ten Sundays. Are you going to, King James, are you going to stinketh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yet most Christians, 
They only go to church. Four out of 10 Sundays, if they go at all. That's 21 Sundays a year that people are going, that Christian, Christians now, that's a, they go to church. That's a lot of spiritual nakedness, isn't it? We got a lot of spiritual streakers, uh, Christian streakers, spiritual streakers. That's just, I was just supposed to say that. Does anybody know what a streaker is? How many knows what a streaker is? I, have you ever seen one? I've never seen one. Remember that song back in the 70s? The, the streak? How many remember that? We got, a lot, we got a lot of Christians that are streakers. Aren't they spiritual streakers? Is that right? Is that funny? Isn't that? Maybe it shouldn't have said that in church, but it's indeed to be said. The Holy Ghost wanted me to say that. It's a good illustration. We got a lot of Christian streakers. They don't have their armor on. They don't have their armor on. They're streaking, aren't they? Isn't that a, that's a good, I th- how many think that a good, that's a good illustration? I think that, that's, I've never heard that anybody say that. That's, uh, we need to copyright that. That, that, just, that just came out of my, yeah. There's a lot of Christian streaking going on. And, and I told you this last week, I want to tell you again. Uh, what would you think if I had to come over to your house every day and dress you? Physically. Yes or no? No? Or how about you come to church? Now, this I don't like saying this kind of stuff, but you come to church absolutely buck naked with no, no clothes on. You come in here and I dress you. If you're a man, my wife will dress you if you're a woman. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd say, that's insane, Pastor. You've lost, you've, you've, I used to could say I flipped my wig. I don't have a wig anymore, but... But yet, that's what Christians want to do. They want to come to church and they want to have the pastor dress them spiritually. No, you ought to put. You ought to not only put your armor on. How do you put it on? By understanding what each piece is and walking in the revelation of it. And you ought to do that on a daily basis. And really, the only reason, the only thing that I should do to you when you come to church is: Have you ever seen a man put his tie on and he puts it on himself, and then his wife will look at it and she'll do a little. Tweak, yes or no? The only thing I'm supposed to do is tweak your tie, tighten your belt a little bit. Is that right? You're supposed to spend time in the Word of God during the week, and you should have that loin belt of truth on, and all I should have to do is tweak you a little bit. Yes or no? But most Christians, when they come to church, just frankly, they haven't spent any time in the Word all week long, and they come to church, and they want me to give them. I can't give you in 35, 40 minutes what, I mean, <laughs> you got to be, just like you'd eat, like one preacher said, it's so good. He said, most Christians, they live on three hot square meals a day physically, and they try to exist on one cold spiritual snack a week. It just doesn't work. You got to stay in the Word of God. And you don't have to be in the Word, you know, 10 hours every day. How many of you have ever been just stinking dirty from working in the yard or, or playing sports or something? Doesn't a five minute shower make an awful lot of good difference for good? Yes or no? Well, you don't have to be in the Word of God. See, sometimes the devil will paint it. Oh, I got to be in the Word 10 hours a day. Wouldn't five minutes beat nothing? How many of you know a five minute shower is better than nothing, right? I can get thoroughly clean in a five-minute shower. My wife's just happy after I come out of the shower. After I come, you should see me. I come in from cut grass. I look terrible. I look like I've, you know, but I go in that shower in five, eight, six, seven, eight minutes. I'm looking, smelling good, Irish spring, you know. Same thing, you know, that's soap, by the way. But, you know, you, 
Is that TMI too much information? Okay. Okay. What do you use? Yeah, that's good. Is it dial? Anybody use dial? Okay. But do you hear what I'm saying? You don't have to be in the word of God 12 hours a day. Just if you got in just some, just, just 10 minutes. My wife, she reads the Bible while she eats breakfast. That's good. Just find a time where you could read a little each day. Listen, I'm almost done, but I just want to say a few more things. Listen to this. Remember how I told you earlier how that loin belt went down and protected that soldier's private area? Listen to this. The loin belt protected the reproductive parts of the Roman soldier. Isn't that where the reproductive parts is, are? Yes or no? So the loin belt protect, protected the productive parts of the Roman soldier. So the loin belt of truth causes us to produce spiritually. Without the word of God, Christians become sterile spiritually and will become unproductive. That's a good point, isn't it? Do I need to read that again or did you get that? You got it. Without the word of God, Christians become sterile spiritually and will become unproductive. Oh, here, my notes. Let me read from my notes. Again here. The devil is after your loin belt of truth. Have you ever heard where Jesus said, after somebody hears the word of God, Satan comes immediately to steal the... To steal the word, right? To steal the word. What does the devil come? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what is his first thing that he comes to steal? It's the, the word. Your loin belt of truth. The devil is after that. Without the written word of God, the Bible, a Christian is armorless and defenseless against the wiles of the devil. Without the word of God, the rest of the armory will not work. So in closing... Remember what Paul said to the church in Ephesus? It's really true of almost any church I've ever seen. He told them, he told Christians to speak the truth in love. And then he went on and he told them to put away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor. So the Christians in Ephesus had trouble with telling the truth. And Paul was telling them, hey, you need to get that loin belt on. You know, it's a dangerous thing to lie. It's a dangerous thing to lie. How many of you know it's a dangerous thing to lie? Proverbs 6, just listen to a few verses here. I'm almost done, but listen to this. Proverbs 6, 16. These six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, and then what's that next one? Come on, guys. A what? Does God hate a lying tongue? He hates a lying tongue. Let's leave that up there a bit. He hates a lying tongue, doesn't he? Does God hate a lying tongue? He hates a lying tongue. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. I just feel impressed to say this. Leave that up there. I just feel impressed to say this. Uh, Whether or not you like the president that we currently have, whether or not you like him, has nothing to do with it. God is trying to use that man to turn this nation around. 
And whether you know it or not, the judgment of God, and I've said this a long time. I've had people leave this church because I wasn't giving them a word they wanted to hear. The judgment of God pens on this nation because, at least in part of all the little babies that have been killed since 1973 in abortion clinics and whatnot. You need to understand that. And the judgment of God pens on this nation. And until, I'm telling you, under a prophetic anointing by the Spirit of God, until Roe versus Wade is overturned, until that thing, and I've been saying this now for, for a long time, so it's not just something I just came up with in the last couple of days, unless Roe versus Wade is overturned in this nation, and can you see that the, unless Roe versus Wade is overturned in this nation, the judgment of God will eventually fall on this nation? I've been saying that a long time. And can you see? See, God doesn't want to judge this place. Haven't I told you that? I've told you that. Can you see that God is doing everything he can, even if you don't like Mr. Trump? Look. Can you see that God is doing everything he can? Do you see that he's after, God is after trying to get that Roe versus Wade? Can you see he's trying to get that turned? Can you see that? Can you see that? A pastor, is it going to get overturned? I can't tell you. I don't know. God hasn't revealed that to me. But can you see that God is doing, he's working on that? Why? Because he's a good God and he doesn't want to judge us. He doesn't want to judge this nation, but I'm telling you, he's going to if that thing does not get overturned at some point. And they're going to have, now I've told you this a long time, they're going to have to, I know it was just recently passed, but it has got to be overturned. That same-sex marriage thing has got to be turned back as well. Shooting the colors of the, 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 the uh, rainbow up on the White House. When, when I, I was in exercise, how many remembers when, you, when that happened? I was up, I was exercising, and, and the previous president had those colors. They stole God's rainbow. That, that's not, that shouldn't ought to be. That's God's color. Say amen. And, 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 and because God's not red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in his sight. You understand that? But they stole that rainbow, the, the homosexuals, they stole that away from, how many of you know God loves homosexuals? How many of you know he does? He just hates the sin. Is that right? And they stole that away from him. It was a double desecration. And then they shot that up on a White House. I was in exercise and I cried. I said, Diane, my God, call the White House and tell them to get those colors down. It's going to draw the judgment of God. I don't know if she called the White House, but I was serious. That's dangerous. We're playing with dangerous stuff, folks. And can you see God is trying in his great mercy. He doesn't want to judge this place, this nation. But I'm telling you, that thing's got to be overturned. Roe versus what's got to be. Can you see he's going after that? To try to change. Can you see that? And can you see? I can see he's trying to, he's going to try to get that same-sex marriage thing Switch back. Yes or no? He doesn't want to judge this place. But until those things get changed, I'm telling you the judgment of God pens on this nation. Did you hear me? And I'll tell you something else. This nation, I'm telling you, a lying spirit has settled down on this nation like I've never seen. And I tell you what, one of the most dangerous things that we have in this nation right now let me tell you something. Listen to me. The most dangerous thing we have in this nation, it's not the Democrats, and it's not the Republicans, it's the lying media. 
and I'm talking about on liberal and conservative, they'll both lie to you, one just as quick as the other. Anytime you've got a news person sitting there telling you exactly what they want you to hear, I don't care if they're conservative or if they're liberal, both of them's lying. And you know what would help fix this nation as quick as anything else? Is if we had a new, we need some Walter Cronkite's back. How many knows who he is? I mean, we just need somebody. I know he might have been a liar too, but as I remember, he, he told the truth. We need some newscasters that are not conservative, they're not liberal, they're honest. Come on, somebody say amen. Help me preach just a little bit. Come on, help me a little bit. I say we need some newscasters that are not conservative, that are not liberal, but are are what? Can you say honest? Honest. We just need some honest. Can you say honest? And you know what? That, if we had some honest news media, I'm telling you, that would, that would fix the Democrats and the Republicans. Might not fix them completely, but it would help wonderful if we had some honest news media. Can you say amen? That they come on there because you turn on CNN and you know exactly what you're going to get before you turn it on. You turn on Fox, you know exactly what you're going to get before you turn it on. Why don't we just turn, turn some of these on and we're going to get the truth? The whole truth and nothing but the truth from all of them. And you know what? That would straighten up a lot of the Democratic nonsense and a lot of Republican nonsense. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Yes or no? So he hates a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among, discord among brethren. In that list of seven, two of them have to do with lying. Did you ever think about that? God hates lying. He doesn't like lying. Somebody said, well, I just told a half-truth. How many of you know a half-truth equals a whole lie? Is that right? Revelation 21.8. I, I intend for these verses to sober you up. I just have a few of them here. Listen, Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, saucers, idolaters, and all what? Liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That scripture scares me, Pastor. I know it scares me too. Notice he groups liars in there with the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, and idolaters. Liars are grouped in there, will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. That's scary, isn't it? Look at, ver- uh, look at chapter 21, Revelation 21, 27. But there shall by no means enter it, talking about the heavenly Jerusalem, heaven we could say, anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the loin belt of truth. Notice that anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So liars aren't getting into heaven. Is that right? Notice verse, uh, chapter 22, verse 15. Revelation twenty-two fifteen. But outside, outside where? Outside heaven, outside the heavenly holy Jerusalem are dogs. What, are, what does that mean? That's talking about those who do not have a covenant with the Lord. They've, they've not received Jesus. And saucers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever what? Loves and practices a lie. Looks like to me liars aren't going into heaven. This will sober you up real fast, won't it? 
So somebody would ask, Pastor Terry, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus, but I, I, I tell a lie every now and then. Well, those three verses I just shared with you ought to sober you up. Is that right? Look at 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar? It's going to tell us. But he who what? Denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. If you deny that Jesus is the Christ, you're going to hell. It's as simple as that. If you receive him as your Savior and believe on him, I believe you're going to heaven. So, Pastor, I believe on the Lord Jesus, but I, I, I still lie here and there. Well, I ultimately don't believe that telling a lie is going to send a person to hell. It's rejecting Jesus that sends a person to hell. But those three verses that I just read you to you scare me and keep me up sometimes at night. Because I've seen a lot of Christians, quote unquote, that tell lies. Has anybody, don't raise your hand, but has anybody ever fudged the truth in this room? Has anybody ever fudged the truth a little on their taxes? Has anybody ever fudged the truth here or there on this, that, or the other? See, I don't believe there's anything in and of ourselves we can do to earn heaven. It's a free gift through receiving Jesus. But what about the Christian who tells lies? All I can say is the Bible says that the liar is the person that denies Christ. So if you receive Christ and you believe on him, I believe you're going to heaven, a free gift. But I tell you what, those three verses we just read, I, I, I can't tell you with complete certainty, those, those verses keep me up sometimes at night. And would you agree with me, it's dangerous to lie? Yes or no? So if you're a Christian, I would advise you, if there's anything in your life at all that has any kind of dishonesty in it, any kind of half-truths, any kind of what's known as white lies, any, any, anything, of, anything like that at all, I'm going to encourage you to get it out, repent of it, ask Jesus to forgive you, confess it before him, and then tell the truth, live the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You know as well as I do, if you were going to list people who lie, I wonder who you would list first. I think, have you, would, would lawyers lie? But I think there's somebody that would be ahead of lawyers. It would be, starts with a P. Isn't that sad? Politicians. And then you get, you get news media in this hour. And guess what? Televangelists be on there. Is that right? Yes or no? Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? Not all televangelists, a lot of them. Now, you know as well as I do, a lot of them are crooked as a black snake, aren't they? Do you know the Bible says that any kind of crookedness, any kind of lying, any kind of deceiving, it's dangerous, isn't it? Stand with me if you would. I went a little long, but that's okay. I didn't want to shortchange you. I wanted you to get the whole thing. Bow your heads before a holy God. Please. My, my, my. The loin belt of truth. Get in the Word of God, dear friends.
Spend a little time in it every day. Keep that loin belt of truth fastened around your waist. Read it. Study it. Meditate on it daily. If you want to be successful in life, you need to do what God told Joshua to do. Remember what he told Joshua to do? How many remembers what he told Joshua to do? Let me see if I can find that. I think it's Joshua 1.8, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. He said, this book of the law, that'd be the Bible. They didn't have the Bible back then like what we have it, but it, that's what he's talking about. They had, the, they had the first five books of, of, of our Bible and so forth. Had some other things, I suppose. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it on Sundays. You shall meditate it four out of ten Sundays. Once in a while, occasionally, when you feel like it. No, you shall meditate in it day and night. But notice it didn't stop there. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. That's Joshua 1.8. Lord, I've made a decision. I meditate in your word as best I can day and night. It's never been far from me for all these years. One reason that we've been successful. That all our needs are met on every side. We bless you and thank you. So I encourage you to keep the Word of God before your eyes, in your ears, meditating on it, doing it, and living and walking in the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. God hates lying. He hates anything that's crooked. He hates anything that's dishonest. Now, he doesn't hate the people, but he hates the lies. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians in this nation that are, liar, that are liars. Are they going to go to heaven, Pastor Terry? Well, if they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe they'll get in. But just, just, just the Bible says just barely. Just by his, his, and there's some scriptures that you heard me read them today that could put anybody that lies in hell. So it's a dangerous thing. So if there's lying in your life, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, goes for me too. Repent of it. Turn from it. Stop it. That's what God wants. Just turn from it. Stop it. Quit doing it. Tell the truth. Confess that before the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you. He will. And then don't lie anymore. And if, if, if you've got to tell a lie, just keep your mouth shut. Just don't say anything. Wouldn't you agree with me? It'd be better to say nothing than tell a lie. This is serious stuff. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. 
stay in the Word of God. I tell you what, I just, I would just, I would just pray that that the Spirit, you know, the Holy Ghost is known as the Spirit of Truth. I just wish that, I, I know the Holy Ghost won't make anybody do anything, but I just, my prayer would be that the Spirit of Truth would fall in these news studios. And just fall in these news to, and come on, come on, all these news anchors and these news people, like, like like in that movie that Jim Carrey was in called Liar Liar. Anybody remember that? Now, I didn't watch it because it's dirty. I think there's dirty stuff in it. I think so. I didn't watch it, but I got the gist of it. And I don't know if you ever, anybody know who Jim Carrey is, but but he 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 was in a movie where something happened to him, and he only only thing he could do is tell the truth, and he would ooh, he'd fight to try to lie, and he couldn't do it. All he could do is tell the truth. I just would that the spirit of God would fall on these news anchors, conservative and liberal. That the spirit of truth had fallen, yeah, that the spirit of God had fallen in pulpits and fall on the pastors where they'd, ha- they'd stand there. I know you won't make people do anything, but I wish you would and stand on this one and stand there and, and that the preachers have to tell the truth and have to tell the truth. They don't, won't just throw sugar cookies out to already diabetic congregations and tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Speak the word when it's in season and when it's not, when it's popular and when it's not. Well, that's my prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We continue to stand against that murderous spirit of abortion. We stand against that and our prayers are that Roe versus Wade will be overturned in this nation and that, and that, and that marriage will be Uh, between a man and a woman as a husband and a wife the way it's always been and just because they changed that law in Washington doesn't mean that it's been changed in your book well we thank you and we praise you and we bless you blessed be the name of the Lord I'm just waiting on the spirit of God Isn't Jesus wonderful? Let's be people of the word. Let's be people of truth. What do you say? Well, praise God. Well, I'm going to dismiss you, but I'm going to sit up here. And if you need to talk to me or if you need prayer or just want to chat, I'll, normally I go back at the door, but I'm going to just sit up here. If you need prayer, just whatever. I'll be here for a few minutes. Otherwise, love on one another, greet one another. Tell something honest to one another. And if somebody's got an ugly-looking dress on, don't go up and say you got a pretty dress. Just, just don't say nothing. Just, I'm teasing. Just love on one another. You're dismissed.